Your website is only as good as the traffic it gets. Doesn't matter how great the conversion rate is of your offers. If you have no traffic coming in, it does you zero good. So in this episode, we're going to discuss a powerful marketing strategy that can help you reach more people with your message while making the most of the time that you are able to spend producing content for your website and your brand presence online. Let's roll the intro and get started. Marketing, advertising, and business have never been more accessible in history, and it only gets better every year. But it's hard work, overwhelming, and easy to fall down a distracted path. I'm Eric Soper. Stop marketing to yourself. You are not your customer. And I'm here to help you design for success in your systems, your digital presence, your strategy, and your brand positioning. Come along and we'll walk the road of the entrepreneur together, whether you are an entrepreneur yourself or a marketing titled professional. Welcome to the Clarity Business Design Show. Thanks for joining us here on the Clarity Business Design Show, episode three. Today we are talking about how to use content marketing in a way that's effective and relevant to your audience. Every website needs a little bit more traffic like we just talked about in the intro. And a common way to do this without paying for advertising through Google ads or Facebook ads or something similar is through content marketing. When you are attracting visitors to your website, you want to try and get them to stay longer. The longer they stay, the better your site ranks on Google, generally speaking, and the higher chance you have of turning that visitor into a conversion of some sort, whether it be as a customer, maybe a collaborator or a vendor that you can work with in the future and grow your business. There are lots of reasons to get people to stay on your website for longer. And once you've identified your audience, who you're trying to reach, there is a way that you can generate content that is relevant to them, that they can find when they're in an active mode searching for information online, or just going through their day, maybe distracting themselves from their daily duties. And we'll talk a little bit about that later in the show. Your job is to try and entertain, empower, or educate them while they are visiting your website. And naturally, that's going to happen through the content that you have. Your web pages that talk about you, talk about your service, those are great. Those are important. Those will get them where they need to go once they're ready to start connecting with you and maybe even buying from you through your website. But before they get to that stage, you want to try and hit them in the entertainment way, the educational way, show them what you know, show them how you can help them, maybe even empower them to help themselves before they reach out to you and either make your job a little bit easier or increase the value of what you offer to them. Content alone is great. People can put content out on their website and generally Google will pick it up for a little while, serve it to people who are searching for specific terms or even looking for information about your brand plus the terms that you're writing about. But just waiting for Google to show your article or your webpage or your YouTube video to someone, it's not a fully fledged marketing plan. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how you can do content marketing in a way that can increase your chances of attracting your most impactful audience. Let's start with evergreen content. If you're unfamiliar with the term, there are two types of content generally on the web, two broad categories that encapsulate lots of different subcategories. One is topical content, content that is relevant in the here and now, think news, and 
evergreen content, which, like the name suggests, is content that remains relevant for a lot longer. Putting content out on the web makes more sense when you can set something out there today and then maybe six months down the road, maybe a year down the road, maybe even two, three years, somebody searching for what you're talking about can find your content, see that you wrote something a little while ago, and that it still holds some relevance to them in the time when they're searching for it. This is especially important if you are able to write something that lasts for more than a couple of months, because it shows that not only do you understand the subject matter, but you've understood it for a while, and that lends you experience and expertise. Topical content, by contrast, really is only relevant when it's written, and maybe even ages out within the first month. It's one thing to write about an event that happens right now. For example, a couple years ago, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, all apps within the Facebook or Meta, rather, family of products, completely went offline for an afternoon, leaving people a little bit bored, a little bit frustrated. Marketers especially who use social media couldn't do anything and so found themselves twiddling their thumbs for a day, uh, writing about it on LinkedIn or other mediums out there on the web. What I did at the time is I used this as an opportunity to write about how you should focus on converting your social media list into your email list as often as possible so that if, for example, you lose service to Facebook, or maybe you say something that Facebook doesn't like and so they decide to completely cut you out of the internet as far as they can control, when that happens, you have a list that you own inside of your email marketing platform, and you can get your message out to them without needing to rely on the infrastructure provided by the Facebook family of products. So what I did when I wrote about that was I turned a topic, uh, something that could have been topical, I could have, you know, I could have written about Facebook goes down, this is why Facebook is awful, and you shouldn't use Facebook in your business, which is not what I'm saying at all. Uh, and this isn't necessarily useful to people, it's really just appealing to the emotion of the moment. And instead, what I wrote about is something that's still relevant today, that we see a lot of content creators still talking about, and that is making something of your own in tandem with social media platforms that are you know, outside of your control. Getting back to this concept that we're talking about today on this podcast, if your content is more topical than it is evergreen, you should rewrite it before you publish the content. You're already spending time on it. You're already thinking about the concept. Try thinking a little bit deeper, a little bit harder, a little bit longer, do some more research, and reword it in a way that makes it relevant three years out. You might not need that content to last for three years, but if you use that rough ballpark frame of mind, if it, you can ask yourself, will this piece of content matter in three years? If the answer is yes, you're probably writing it well. Another thing that you can do to create a strong evergreen content presence is to have a list of articles that you update on a regular basis. You don't have to write a massive volume stream of consciousness of articles. While you could do this and on your website have hundreds of articles talking about 
the same five topics, just kind of changing it a little bit every every time. I don't think that would serve your audience very well. Certainly not as well as being the go-to resource for one topic and having one article that you can share on a regular basis with people and update as time passes. For example, if I'm writing an article about how important branding is and how a brand is the bridge of trust between you and your customer, then I could update that every year just to make it a, a little bit better, introduce new changes or new insight that I've gained over the past year, and generally make it more informative for my audience and then rebroadcast that content. And what that does is it allows me to make the content that's on my website easier for people to find, and it allows Google to see that I have been writing something that is relevant and remains relevant for a little while. This is something that you can do as well, specifically if you focus on a subject matter that generally lies at the core of what your primary service or primary offering provides to your customers. This is going to be super helpful in building up your audience's perception of you as a specialist and hopefully lead to more conversions, more sales, more leads. Evergreen content is not a pitch zone. You don't wanna be selling in your content too heavily. Sure, you can reference the things that you do and maybe link out to the pages that talk about that, but don't make your articles about you and your service. Make your articles, your evergreen content about your visitor and try and approach them in a mindset that reflects where they are in their buying cycle. This is going to be the steps leading up to the point where they reach out to you to become a client or to make a purchase. So maybe they're researching. You can write your evergreen content around the subject that they're researching, a specific question that you see frequently asked, and the thorough in-depth explanation of the answer that you can provide to them. And then when they're looking, how do I brand myself online, for example, they can plug that into the search engine be it Google, DuckDuckGo, Yahoo, if anyone still uses that, and find the answer to that question. And once they've got that question answered on my website, maybe they explore and look at other content that I've put out. That's what you're hoping to achieve with the content that you write on your website, on your LinkedIn articles, or on your Medium presence, wherever you have a blog that you attach to your personal brand and your the business side of your personal brand. So how do you focus on adding value within your evergreen content? The first thing people generally do is they focus on writing educational content. This is fairly easy, I, I think, because a lot of people who have a career that's been, you know, that they've been in for three, five years, maybe even just six months that they've been studying explicitly, they can turn around and write about what they have been ingesting, what they've been practicing for a while, what they know as a minimum viable product their customers and clients find value in. This educational process can sometimes make it easier for new clients to enter an onboarding process smoothly, having a predefined notion um, 
of terms, of concepts within your specific niche or industry, and basically bring them on board with a little bit of the language that you're using to speak to them while you're serving them, making it easier for you to form good customer relationships and clear understanding, which can turn around and become referrals and positive word of mouth. Another sort of evergreen content is content that empowers your visitor to try and find their own solution before they come to you. In my industry, this might look like an article talking about how to get your WordPress website hosted on a powerful platform and reliable online 100% of the time, or 99% of the time, since 100% really doesn't exist on the internet. By empowering my audience with the insight and the tactics, which is what I'm doing here as well, I'm able to smooth the journey, create an understanding of what we might try at the beginning of the process, and keep my visitors from having to spend time on our calls asking questions because they already understand exactly what I'm doing. I'm just doing it for them and making it easier, saving them time. For some people, writing empowering stuff means writing fluff, basically motivational. You can do this, rah, rah, go ahead. You have everything you need to succeed. It's easy, just go and do. Buzzwords, nonsense. This is the challenge of writing empowering content. You need to be able to have it grounded in some sort of practical element that your audience can follow along with, reference, and actually use to get success. I think that a lot of younger businesses and a lot of um, a lot of emotional-based businesses, like life coaches, for example, life coaches fall into this trap far too easily because they are trying to get their audience hyped up about what they can achieve. But what it ultimately leads to is that their audience hits a low, that that excitement dips and tanks until the visitor realizes that they need professional help or they want professional help and guidance. And then they sign up for $500 a month, $1,000 a month, $5,000 a month with these motivational coaches that may lead to no results, depending on who the coach is, or may lead to amazing results. But the fact of the matter is that empowering content should be grounded in some sort of practical, realistic action. Entertaining content in an evergreen state, that is kind of a tricky ballpark. Entertainment is an interesting concept. I've been thinking about this lately, and what comes to mind is a unconventional use of the word entertain. Using entertain in the context of you entertaining an idea. So let's say you are talking to me, and you're spouting some sort of pie-in-the-sky vision, some sort of ungrounded dream that is interesting to listen to, but I'm entertaining this idea in my mind for a little bit. I'm essentially putting up with the idea and the hypothetical for a time, and then I might reach a point where I can entertain this concept no longer and try and ask you questions about it or pivot to a different subject altogether. And when we're talking about entertaining your audience, it's easy to use the word entertain in association with visual media, TV shows, uh, stand-up comedy, 
maybe uh, graphic novels, stuff that keeps people distracted. We aren't trying to distract people all the time. Sometimes you might be trying to distract your audience with something humorous, but at the same time, you are trying to get them to look to you when they are bored, when they are tired of what they're currently doing. And this is where we'll, we'll get into how to reach people when they're in a mindset where they need to be entertained. Being entertaining doesn't have to mean that you are amazing, humorous, funny, you make everyone laugh. You ultimately should try and be as much of yourself as you can. If you do have a sense of humor, that's great. Understand that that sense of humor is going to be something that qualifies people out of your audience, and that might be okay. Some people may not resonate with your humor, so they'll go to a competitor. That's great. Other people will resonate with your humor and lean into you harder, and you'll stand out because of it. It all comes down to narrowing down your audience to the people who will like you, who will trust you, and who will recommend you or purchase from you themselves. So when you're focusing on entertainment in your content, don't worry too much about having to tell silly jokes or having to show memes inside of your content. Focus instead on personality. Focus instead on capturing people's attention. And the form of your content, maybe it's not a written article, and we'll talk about that in a minute, the form itself can be a way of providing entertainment. Good evergreen content, in my opinion, is neither of these three concepts, education, empowerment, or entertainment, explicitly. It is a combination of at least two at a time, ideally three at a time. If you can educate and empower people to use that education and maintain an entertaining presence that draws them in, keeps them with you, and then makes it easier for them to absorb the knowledge that you're sharing and the ideas, that's great. And as long as it is relevant today, next month, next year, three years out, you are going to be in fantastic shape when it comes to the content that you're putting out on your website, your YouTube channel, or anywhere where long form content exists for your brand. Got questions about this episode? Send your questions to podcast at claritybusiness.design and let us know what else we can dig into on the show in later episodes. Or if you want to work one-on-one -on -one with Clarity Business Design to personalize your strategy and tactics, tell us how we can help you with your digital brand platform by emailing hello at claritybusiness.design. If you've enjoyed this episode, we would love to hear from you. Find the Clarity Business Design Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Feel free to subscribe and leave us a review on either of these platforms to help us reach a wider audience. It really means a lot to us. And if you want to network with other entrepreneurs and marketing title professionals, become a member of our group coaching community. Register at community.claritybusiness.design to access our special email list and our Slack channel where we have real-time conversations. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you in the next episode. Take care.